Well, I invite you to turn to our passage this morning. It's 2 Corinthians 13. If you have the, the black Bibles among the chairs, you'll find, find it on page 971. 971. We're going to read 2 Corinthians 13, uh, 5 through the very end of the book. Yeah, we... we we did it. We, we got to the end of 2 Corinthians uh, before, before July hits. Um, this, is, uh, the, this is the end of the book, and this will uh, next week we'll start only, not only new preaching, but I'll start my, my sabbatical time. As most of you know that there's going to be a, uh, a team of, of veteran preachers, some of the best preachers in the area, uh, coming, bringing uh, multi-week series from God's Word. Uh, trust will be very, very, very encouraging. Uh, but today we get to wrap up 2 Corinthians, and we look forward to that. Uh, wrapping it up, because Paul's wrapping up his letter here. Uh, this uh, letter that's being sent to the Corinthian church that's had all these troubles and difficulties and sins, and Paul's going to visit them again, but he's, he's writing this letter to prepare the way, to challenge them on a lot of their, uh, their sin and their struggle. Remember, there are these church leaders uh, these false apostles have snuck in or leading the people astray. They're, they're criticizing and, and uh, tearing Paul down and Paul's gospel. And Paul's correcting those errors. Also encouraging the church uh, to, be, <clears throat> to be faithful and to cling to the Lord. Uh, so uh, we're going we're gonna to read starting at verse 5. We're, we're just going to focus on verse 14 uh, this morning. Uh, but we'll read the final, the final section. I'll give you a couple comments along the way, but... Um, but let's let's read then. Second Corinthians thirteen, starting in verse five. Examine yourselves then uh, to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not know, realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. I hope that you will find out that we have not failed the test, but we pray to God that you may not do wrong. Not that we may appear to have met the test, but that you may do what is right, uh, though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. For this reason, I write these things while I'm away from you, that when I come, I may not have to be severe in my use of authority that the Lord Jesus has given me for building up and not tearing down. Just pause there for a second. And so remember the, the Corinthians led by these false apostles, uh, they've, been, uh, they've been criticizing Paul. They've been, they've been testing Paul, essentially examining Paul. Is he, the, is he the real thing or not? And Paul here essentially says, uh, stop examining me and examine yourselves. Uh, he expects them to, to look, and the vast majority are going to find out they are true believers in the faith. But he says, you examine yourselves. Deal with sin uh, that's there so that when I come, I'm not going to have to come uh, in, in severe discipline, but come in joy and in, and in, uh, and in positive exhortation. So then the, then the final couple of verses, the next few verses, 11 through 13, he gives these quick exhortations. You can see the theme is all about the, uh, the body and the body caring and loving and staying united with one another. So verse 11. Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, 
comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. And Paul concludes with the verse we're going to focus on, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let's pray. Lord, we do pray that you would you would use your word to encourage each one in what is good and right. Lord, that grace of the Lord Jesus, that love of, of the Father, and that fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we do pray in Christ's name. What's the what's the old saying about goodbyes? Don't don't say goodbye. Say till we meet again. Right? You know the idea. Like, like it's not a forever goodbye. It's, it's it's just a temporary farewell. It's a it's a till we till we meet again. Um, well, here here's Paul. He's he's giving not a forever goodbye. He's doing that till we meet again. He's he's, he's going to visit them. It won't be too, too long into the future. And so these, these final words from Paul are his, his farewell, his, his, till we meet again. Fascinating, interesting in the Lord's providence. And we come to these words at a time in the midst of our church where we're doing a little bit of farewells. Of that, till we meet again sort. One of our, one of our core families moving away and it's 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 until we meet again, right? We got expect visits. Uh, uh, so there's that there's that farewell. Even this even my own sabbatical is something of a something of a till we meet again uh, this morning. It's hard to hard to believe it's been uh, for 18 years now. Uh, this is what we've done week after week, you up here and down there, and 18 years. Has it been two weeks went by and longer than two weeks in a row that we haven't been like this for 18 years? And, and then think about four months and wow, how do you, how do you kind of say to me again? Um, Paul's words are helpful uh, because he, in the midst of his, his, his farewell, he, he really wants to focus on what, what God is saying. Uh, what, what is essentially God's farewell? Uh, so that, that's that final verse. Uh, that's that, that, those words. Uh, it's, it's, really, it's really God speaking. It's really God giving his uh, final word. God giving his parting uh, blessing till we meet again. And that's what this verse 14 really is all about. God's, God's declaration, God's good word uh, to us. And Paul wants to focus on that. Maybe that's a good place for us. To focus uh, on a week like this. Uh, so we'll start talking about just the nature of this farewell, and then talk about what the substance actually is, the details actually is. Uh, so the, the nature of it. So for many of us, verse 14 sounds very, very familiar. Right? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Uh, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, these are the words just about every week here at Emmanuel and for many other churches that are the, the, the final official words of every worship service. Uh, the final words, this, 
Uh, well, it's listed in your bulletin as a benediction. Uh, maybe, you've, maybe you've wondered what that's all about, what that means. Maybe you've stood there and wondered, kind of like, what do I do? Do I, do I pray like this, or do I kind of look up? What, what, what's going on here? Um, uh, benediction. Well, it just means good word. Uh, but what it is, is not a prayer. It's a pronouncement. It's not a prayer, it's a pronouncement. Or maybe you could put it this way. Uh, what we have uh, is not, are not words directed upward, but words directed downward. When we pray, uh, it's us directing words upward. Lord, here's what we want from you, here's what we need. Lord, please help. Going up. But what we have here in verse 14, in, in a benediction, a blessing, is, is not our prayers going up but God's word coming down. God's pronouncement, God's declaration, not of what we wish for, but what he's saying he's already given, and he's going to keep on giving. Right? So this is, not, uh, this is not our wish list that we're, that we're presenting to God. This is God's uh, declaration of what he said he's already done and will keep on doing. It's a pronouncement of what is true. Not a, not a prayer of what, we, of what we hope for. Now, benedictions have a very long history in the Bible, and blessings, benedictions, and, and Paul really seems to be drawing on that, on that history. Um, right? You notice in verse 14, it's very clear, this, this three-part structure uh, to, the, to the benediction, based on the name of God, uh, the triune name of God, right? Three parts, uh, right? Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, three-part, name of God, uh, blessing. Well, for any Jew like Paul, uh, that would immediately, three-part blessing based on the name of God, that immediately brings back the most famous Old Testament blessing there is, uh, which is that blessing from number six, what's sometimes called the Aaronic benediction, or Aaronic blessing, Aaron's blessing. Uh, because it's also a three-part blessing based on the name of God. You probably recognize that one, too. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So there's the, there's the most famous Old Testament one of them all. It was the one that God told uh, Aaron that he was supposed to pronounce upon the congregation after they, they brought their sacrifice and a sacrifice was made to the Lord. It was kind of like, here's what God is saying to you. And it was, the, it was God's essentially parting word uh, after the sacrifice. Uh, the, 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 the worship service, as it were, uh, there at the tabernacle and later at the temple, uh, the sacrifice being offered, the, the worship service, as it were, was, was finishing up. It was done. And what, was the, what was the farewell from the Lord? The, the, the till we meet again from the Lord. It was to be this three-part blessing upon uh, God's people. And that benediction, again, was used at the tabernacle, then at the temple, and then all the way into, it was then adopted into the synagogue of Jesus' day. Uh, this was the, these were, uh, most of the time, this was the final word of the synagogue service, this three-part blessing from the, uh, the name of the Lord. And so Paul comes, and he's writing his final words uh, to, uh, to the Corinthians, his, his farewell, his till we meet again, and he brings in uh, this, this new covenant uh, blessing. It's, it's, 
He's saying this is, this is just like in the old. This is God's word. This is God's, uh, God's blessing, his good word, his, his farewell, uh, this blessing from, from the Lord. Uh, and that's what Paul was saying. Of course, 2 Corinthians was meant to be a letter read in the church. So it would be like on a Sunday morning like this. Uh, they would read Paul's letter in worship. So what would be the final part of that? It would be this, this blessing. It would be, be God sending his people off. A kind of farewell from, from the Lord. And it's then, therefore, no coincidence that down through the church age, uh, this verse 14 blessing has, has, for so much of church history, been the final official word of a worship service. God's parting uh, good word, his blessing, his pronouncement of what is true, his farewell, his, till we meet again, here's what goes with you. Uh, this blessing of the triune God. Uh, so that's what it that's what it is. That's kind of how it functions. Uh, but let's talk about the details. Let's let's talk about what, what it is is that God is actually saying. What is he pronouncing? What is he saying is true? What is he saying that we as believers have? Uh, well, the first thing we notice is that this is a very clear statement of the Trinity. All right? Grace of the Lord Jesus, the Son, uh, love of God, the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Right? There's, there's Trinity, Son, Father, Spirit. And especially when you uh, connect it here uh, with, with Paul's, or excuse me, with that Old Testament blessing that Paul seems to be echoing. Right? Remember that, that Aaron's blessing was also three parts based on the name of the Lord. Only uh, back then it was the, it was the Old Covenant uh, name of the Lord, Lord or Yahweh. Right? So the blessing was Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. And now Paul comes in New Covenant and says, Son, Father, Spirit. One God, one Lord, one Yahweh, one three persons. So it's this powerful statement of the Trinity. But Paul really highlights how that one God in three persons brings about our salvation. And, and there are three different roles that the members of the Trinity play uh, in, our, in our salvation. So you... We start to, to see it unfolded here. He starts with uh, the Lord Jesus, and he says the grace of our Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus. Paul's actually explained that one earlier in Corinthians. Um, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember this from, from 2 Corinthians 8? He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, Paul, what do we know? What, tell us. What's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? He explains in chapter 8 that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Right? You know the grace of the Lord Jesus. That's what it's all about. Uh, that, that all the riches of salvation are given to us uh, because Christ takes the lowest place to save us. Right? All the riches of of salvation. Here we are, we're, we're impoverished apart from Jesus. We're, we're dirt poor spiritually, headed for judgment. Uh, but, but we get riches, all the riches, all those ones that, that Paul mentioned in Ephesians 1, uh, right? The forgiveness of sins, all our sins, past, present, future, washed away, uh, adopted into God's family as his beloved children. Right, the presence of the Lord through the Holy Spirit, 
of being transformed more into the likeness of Christ, the glories of heaven and the, and the eternal inheritance that's ours, all that riches, we can keep going, but all that riches is given to us who are impoverished spiritually. How did that happen? Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? We get the riches because Christ goes to the lowest place. Right? Uh, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. Right? That the eternal son uh, takes the form of a servant, goes all the way to the, to the wretched, cursed cross, bearing our guilt, bearing our sin, uh, also right, impoverishing himself in that sense, also that we can be rich with all that spiritual blessing. We who don't deserve any of it get all of it because of what Jesus does. He says, that's the grace uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, kids, can I, can I give you an easy way, a cool way to remember what grace is? Can I give you a way to remember what grace is? Uh, it's kind of a tricky one. You know, we talk about it all the time in the church. You know, grace, grace, grace. What exactly does that mean? Maybe you scratch your head. Here's how to remember what grace means. You ready? You think about the letters of the word grace. G-R-A-C-E. Maybe an easy way to do this would be to write it down, but don't write it sideways. Write it up and down. G. R-A-C-E. And each of those letters starts a new word that tells you what it means. Uh, so grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. And if, you, if you write that down and get that in your head, that's an easy, that's an easy way to remember it. It gives you the whole glory of what God is saying here. And remember what God is saying here. This isn't, this isn't a prayer. This isn't a, oh, I hope I get some grace. Here is God saying to his people, saying to you, believer, here's what you've been given. Here's what you have. Here's what I'm going to keep on pouring out. Uh, it's not a substance. It's a person. It's the Lord Jesus. Uh, he became poor so that you're rich. Right? All of the riches of salvation of the Lord because Christ went to that lowest place. Uh, you can take it personally. This is what God has given to me. Uh, you can say that if you're trusting Christ, uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the love of God. Now, clearly Paul's talking about God the Father, right? Because you see that triune uh, breaking up, the three-part breaking up. This is typically how Paul tends to refer to the Father. He tends to refer to Jesus as the Lord, and then uh, the Father as God, uh, in addition to the Holy Spirit. So this is kind of how Paul typically does it. Uh, so the, what, what's the blessing he really calls our attention to uh, with relation to God the Father? It's, it's the love of God the Father, uh, which, is, which is interesting because I wonder how much many of us are tempted to think of the Father as kind of the... The stingier one of the Trinity, you know, kind of the the harder to please one, you know, kind of the, the the sterner, colder one of the Trinity. You know, Jesus, he's the he's the nice one, he's the gentle one. Uh, maybe you're even tempted to think of 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 the work of Christ as Jesus 
uh, trying to convince the father to be nice to you. Right? Come on, dad, you know, be nice to him. Look, you know, here, I'll die for him. You know, um, you ever, that ever come in your head? Uh, that's all wrong. Completely wrong. Uh, and Paul highlights when he's thinking about the blessing that comes through the father, he says the love of the father. And you can even think of how, how this is uh, in so much of scripture. Think of the most famous Bible verse there is out there, right? Think of John 3.16. What is, what is, uh, is saying, John saying in that verse? He's talking about the love of God the Father. For God, the Father, clearly, uh, the Father so loved the world, he sent his son. It's the love of God the Father that, that motivates and drives uh, and drives the work of the Son, the sending of the Son. Um, we we uh, were reading this morning in Ephesians 1, and there's Paul, he's listing all the blessings that come uh, from, from the Father. And, and remember how he highlights love. Love that goes back before the foundation of the world, he says. Before anything was made. Before there was a single atom in the universe. Uh, there was the Father's love uh, for his people. Again, make it personally. That's what benedictions are. It's personal. You could say, believer, you could say, God, the Father's love for, for me. And Paul says, uh, the Father, in love, uh, predestined us to adoption. In other words, in, in, in his love, the Father determined, I'm going to adopt that one into my family. Think of that. Uh, there, there's, there's not an atom in the universe. It's Father, Son, and Spirit. Uh, and before anything is made, uh, there is the Father, in love, uh, Making his plan, and his plan is, I want her in my family. That's you. I want him in my family, and I will do whatever it takes in order to accomplish it. And that's the Father's love from before the foundation of the world. I'll do whatever it takes to have them in my family. And of course, it takes quite a bit, which is why in the, in the, in the work that it takes, the son's work, Scripture really highlights the fact that it's the Father in love who sends his Son. For God so loved the world that he sent his Son. Um, or, or here's a great verse from Romans 8, probably a familiar one. Um, but God shows his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, think of what Paul's saying there. He's saying, this is how God shows it. This is how you know that God loves you. Maybe, maybe even as a believer, you sometimes wonder. You ever gotten there? Kind of deep down, there's this little, yeah, not quite so sure. God, God really loves me. Uh, maybe it comes because you're you're looking around at, at, at your life and, and things are hard, things are difficult, things hurt, and you're thinking, this, I don't know. God must not love me. Look, uh, or or maybe it's because. Uh, because of, of your own track record, uh, because of your own past and the sins in your past, or maybe it's stuff that keeps sneaking into the present. You look at that stuff and you're like, yeah, I'm not quite sure sure God really, really loves me. Well, here's Paul uh, setting the record straight. Uh, you hear it summarized in the benediction, and then he expounds it in Romans 5. 
Oh, here's how you know. Here's how God shows it. Here's how God's guarantee for you, believer. Look, while you were yet a sinner, he sent the Son to die for you. There's the statement. There's the guarantee. There's the final uh, word. And that's the word that's, that's pronounced. Right? So when you're, when you're thinking, how could, could the love of God really be with me? And then you hear these words, the love of, of God be with you, all believers, with you. Pronounce it, not your prayer, his, his declaration, with you. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Okay, how, how does the Spirit fit in to, to God's salvation? It's easy to think of the Father. We said he, he's the one who plans it from before the foundation of the world. Okay, the Son, he's the one who, who accomplishes it. He comes and he dies. What's this? So what's the Spirit doing in all this? Um, well, he, he, the way you could summarize it is the Spirit is the one who applies the work of, of Christ to us. Um, or um, maybe you want to think of it like a, like a glorious meal, a great feast. Uh, if... If, if the, the, the salvation and all its blessings is like a, is like a glorious feast, uh, then, well, the Father is the one who, who plans it all out, who plans the menu and, and sends the invitations. Uh, the Son is, is, like the, is like the chef who, who pays for all the food and then cooks it all up. Uh, and the Spirit is like the waiter who serves it and puts it in front of you. And hands the fork and puts that fork in your hand. That's the work of the Spirit. Taking what the Father planned and what the Son accomplished and then, and then serving it up to you. Right? Taking that, that work of Christ, changing your heart, right? taking it from a cold, unbelieving heart to one that's, uh, that's trusting in the Lord Jesus. How did that happen? Spirit. Adopting you into God's family, you and I were born as as children of darkness. How did that happen? Children of God, yeah, that was the Spirit taking that, putting that into effect in our lives. But the work that 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 Paul really highlights here is the is the fellowship of the Spirit, the same word communion of the Spirit. That the Spirit's work uh, is to draw us into fellowship with God and fellowship with each other. Communion with God and communion with each other. Uh, it's the work of the Spirit to draw us into fellowship, uh, fellowship with God. That's what the Spirit does. Uh, do you remember, remember Jesus just hours before he went to the cross? He was with his disciples in that upper room, and he's telling them he's going away. And he knows they're really anxious about this. Uh, and so he says, don't, don't be upset, don't be troubled. And he actually says, it's better if I go away. You can imagine the disciples sitting there. It's better if you leave? Like, how can it get better than this? You're sitting right here with us, Jesus. How can it get better than this? And, and Jesus answers uh, in the midst of his discourse, it's better that I go away. Yeah, because I'm going to send the Spirit. I'm going to send the Spirit. That's the better. Now, because the Spirit comes and draws us into a fellowship with the Lord. That's actually even better than those disciples sitting around the table uh, with Jesus and his 
uh, in his uh, in his pre-resurrection state. Now, the Spirit's work in our lives is actually better than that. Because the Spirit is God with us all the time. God with us with that with that drawing us into that resurrection victory of Christ. Uh, the Spirit giving us uh, that taste of heaven to come. Uh, that spirit that's at work, uh, ongoing in the, in the life of the church, the fellowship, the, the communion of the spirit. We talked about, uh, about Zoe coming and taking the Lord's Supper. And of course, sometimes we call the Lord's Supper communion. Uh, why do we call it communion? Because we have communion or fellowship with the Lord Jesus. How do we have fellowship with Jesus when we take the Lord's Supper? He's Jesus isn't going to walk in next week and sit down. That's not why we have fellowship with Jesus. How do we have fellowship with Jesus? Because the Spirit takes all, uh, brings us and draws us uh, into, into a fellowship with the Lord. And that's the, uh, that's the, that's the glory of it, that, that the, the God of all the universe is dwelling with us and walking with us. Uh, there's the, the glory of our, of our salvation. Picture, picture a different kind of relationship, but a really good one. Uh, think of the, you know, the, the best marriage, the best uh, friendship, and you think, what, what's, why is that friendship so great, or what does that look like? Well, if it's really good, then it's not really about doing something. You know, when you're with that person, it's not like we have to do something. It's like I don't care what we do as long as we're together. That's, that's, a, that's the, the glory of a good relationship. And here is the Holy Spirit's work. What does he focus on? God with us. Drawing us into, into fellowship with the Lord uh, as a child of God. And then drawing us into fellowship with each other. And you see how that works. If the, if the Spirit draws you into fellowship with God as a child of God, and he draws me into fellowship with God as a child of God, oh, that means we're connected. It means we're brothers and sisters. We're family. Uh, and, and, and that's what the Spirit does. Not only draws us into individuals, but draws us together. So that when we come together, we actually uh, are experience more of the Lord's presence than we would ever by ourselves. Uh, because, because the Spirit draws our hearts uh, together as His body, as we, as, we, as we serve one another and are encouraged by one another and walk with one another uh, this gift of, of the Lord's presence and encouragement, it's the fellowship, the communion of the Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul's finishing his letter. Uh, it's, it's, it's his farewell. It's his, till we meet again. And again, yeah, even here at Emmanuel, we can, we can connect. We're, we're, we're saying some till we meet again. Um, but, but Paul really, I think, has something. Of course he does, under the inspiration of the Spirit. He's focusing not as much on him, but what, is, what does God say? What's, what's God's parting word? What's God's good word? God's uh, blessing that he pronounces over, over us? That's really what we need. It's, the, it's what's true and will keep on being true for each and every one of us as believers in Christ. Whether we stay or we go and when we come back together, it's with us all. Uh, it's that free grace of Jesus 
who went to the lowest place so we can have all the riches. Uh, it's that love, that eternal, uh, treasuring, adopting love of, of the Father. It's that powerful uh, fellowship of, of the Holy Spirit that draws us to him and to one another. That's, there's our hope, there's our strength that goes with us no matter where we go, uh, even, even till we meet again. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you that you are so good and that you are so quick to declare uh, your undeserved love for us. Lord, you're so quick to declare those blessings. We need to hear it again. We need to be reminded. Thank you that you pronounce this goodness over, uh, over our very lives. Lord, encourage each one. Uh, Lord, and if there's those who don't uh, know Christ and are, and are at a distance from these blessings, Lord, draw them in uh, through faith in the Savior, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you.